You're listening to Hawk Talk with former Seahawks wide receiver Michael Bumpus. At the 10-yard line, second and eight. Three wide receivers now in motion as Bumpus left to right. Julius Jones with single setback. Matt Pumpfakes looking to the goal line. He throws it into the end zone. Touchdown, Seahawks! It's Michael Bumpus with a diving catch in the end zone. A 10-yard touchdown reception for Bumpus, and the kid out of Washington State has found himself a place on this team. Powered by Seahawks.com. What up, 12s? You're listening to Hawks Live, the recap edition. It was a tough weekend for Washington sports in general, but we're talking about the Seattle Seahawks. They lose 17-12 to the New York Giants, something we did not expect. As to get more insight, we're bringing in Ray Roberts. Let's get in the trenches. It's time to go inside the trenches with former Seahawk Ray Roberts. All right, Big Ray. First impressions, what you got for me? <laughs> I wish I had something really good to share, man. But honestly, the, the first impression is like just watching the game and then coming home and uh, re-watching it again and re-watching it again. I watched the game twice uh, before I went to sleep last night. Uh, and And I just feel like Defense had a winning effort. Obviously, that you know, if you could take the the third quarter back, they would they would they would like that back. Uh, but then offensively, I just think for the first time uh, in my career covering this team, that Russell just really had a tough day all the way around. Whether it was uh, you know trusting what he was saying, holding the ball too long. Uh, just some of the decision making he was that he made, like even as a couple passes that were like really risky passes, like even the first drive, uh, try to squeeze the ball in, I think, to, to David Moore between two defenders and things like that. So it's just like it just didn't look like Russell, man. And it just uh, and it puts me in some kind of way because you don't want to, you know, Russell's done so many great things. Uh, you don't want to, uh, you know, pile on. But it's like sometimes, man, you just got to put that thing on and wear it and and uh, and hold yourself accountable and keep it moving, you know. Yeah, and I, and I think he'll do that, and I hope they'll do that. I spoke to Pete Carroll earlier. He said he's going to do it, so it's Tell the Truth Monday. So now let's talk about these sacks. You're going to look at the sacks, and people are going to automatically point to the offensive line, right? But what I'm going to do is I'm going to point at Russell. I'm going to point at receivers getting open. I think it was a combination of things. What are your thoughts there? Yeah, I would agree. And, like, the, the one the one reason I, I'd watch the game twice is just because as soon as the quarterback struggles and – the first thing people look to is offensive line. Oh, well, you know, he, he, he had a, a lot of pressure. You know, he couldn't, you know, there's a, 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 you know, coming right at him and all this other kind of stuff. And when I looked at the game and, and they want to say, well, you know, the, the team has been struggling, you know, because of the right tackle spot and Shell not been there. Jamarco Jones played a winning effort yesterday. Uh, did he give up a pressure too? Yeah, but I mean, Shell has given up pressure, a pressure to here. He, he played well in the run game. Uh, the offensive line had a couple – they got beat on a couple line stunts. They gave up a couple sacks. But other than that, Russell Wilson had time to throw the ball. And uh, and so I, I just wanted to reaffirm to myself that I thought that the offensive line had a winning effort. And if they would have been able to run the ball more, uh, it would have been even better because Chris Carson at, at halftime was averaging almost nine yards a carry. By the end of the game, that was around five or six yards a carry. But it's like he was averaging half a first down, like every time he, he touched the ball. So why aren't we running the ball more? Like, you know, I said that when they came out in the second half, that they should, they should you know, stabilize the offense by running the ball. 
and just letting getting back into a rhythm that way and then getting back to the passing game. Uh, I just don't think they did anything to get the Giants' defense out of how they wanted to play football. We didn't put pressure on them when there were opportunities to, whether it was a miscompletion or holding on the ball too long. Or, you know, I looked at the film. I don't recall one single time where we ran the ball two times in a row. There was a run and then a the play-action pass, and then a run and then a the play-action pass, and then a run and a the play-action pass the entire game. And so I just think they they left yardage on the field in the run game. You know who did run the ball? The Giants ran the football. They rushed for 190 yards. Now, that could be deceiving, right? Because there were two really big plays, like a 60-yard run and like a 25, 30-yard run. Do you feel like the Giants wore this defense down running the rock, or do you just say, you know what, they hit on a couple big plays? You know what? What I saw, uh, particularly in the third quarter, because I think that they had a little bit of success running the ball in the first half. Like, they, you know, they had a four-yard gain here, a five-yard gain there. But I think that they felt like they were on the verge of really popping a couple runs. And when they went in at halftime, they said, you know what, we're going to lean on this running game. Because when they came out in the second half, the the Giants offensive line and, and linemen and tight ends, they just looked like they wanted to finish just a little bit more than the Seahawks did on defense. And I think that caught the Seahawks off guard. Because you saw there was one run where it looked like the running back got hit like uh, two or three yards in the hole, but he ended up gaining like another six yards because the tight end was blocking Jamal and everybody was blocking their guy and they just kept pushing and the dude just kept running. And the Seahawks couldn't get off blocks. On that on that long run, uh, everyone, you know, we, at initially we were saying like, hey, Bobby needed to scrape outside and force that back to the inside back to uh, the, the safety that was running that lane. Well, if you look at the play, A.J. Wright was getting crushed. He got blocked all the way back into Bobby. And so, so Bobby couldn't get to the out. Bobby was trying to get to the outside. And, and K.J. Wright got blocked into Bobby. Then they had two linemen pulling in, in, in front of the running back. There's no way Bobby would have been able to get over there to, to force that back inside. So there were, there, were, there were, if you look at the way they ran the ball in the third quarter, their desire to finish blocks was stronger and more successful than our desire to get off the blocks. And, uh, and so that lapse in, uh, in our performance on defense in the third quarter really cost uh, the defense an unbelievable outing where they could have shut this offense down and, and they could have pitched a shutout. Uh, and then because of that, they were able to capture this two-score lead you know, without, with us contributing to the turnovers, and it just, then it just made it a tough day for the Seahawks offense. Yeah, I'm with you. A lot went wrong. Not a lot went right. But next week, these guys got the Jets. Is this the biggest get-right game of all time? You cannot lose <laughs> to the O and forever Jets, Big Ray. Yeah, and you can't lose when they just fired the defensive coordinator either. So it's like they they this is a get-right game in every sense of the word. The defense will continue to get better because they've been getting better the last three or four weeks. They're gonna. I, I feel like they are. They have decided who they are and what they can do. They just can't get surprised by uh, a team all of a sudden saying, you know what, I think we can be a little bit more physical. And then that kind of getting us on the chin, it kind of stunned us a little bit. But then on offense, I'm telling you, bro, like, and I'm, I hate saying it, but this whole let Russ cook thing threw this whole offense out of whack. I'm telling you, because there was too much emphasis on pushing the ball down the field, being aggressive, scoring touchdowns, uh, 
pushing Russell Wilson MVP stuff and all this stuff. And I'm, and and as as cool as Russell is, the dude is human. And to have all that talk and all that hype and all this stuff and all the let Russ took signs and he had his you know applying for the trademark, all that stuff. You start buying into that, and you're not going to tell me you're not distracted by it. And so I think it did distract him. And then because they were sold onto that, the running game became an afterthought. And so now they're having a hard time really putting them both together and then being patient enough to stay with what, how you put them both together. Uh, you, a couple of weeks ago, looked beautiful. And then all of a sudden, two weeks in a row, you can't figure out how to marry the running game and the passing game together. And you have all of these weapons. You have all the pieces. You have a, a good offensive line, MVP-type quarterback, uh, top five or ten running back. You know, uh, you know, one of the probably the best wide receiver in the game right now at this moment. You know, a good second and a third receiver, tight ends that are capable. And you can't figure out how to put a, a comprehensive game plan together to put a pressure on an inferior team, even though they have a, a good defense. Uh, that is just unacceptable. Yep, I'm with you, Ray, and I hope that Tell the Truth Monday is exactly what it is and they get back to the drawing board and make things happen. Ray, always appreciate your inside, big homie. I'm going to catch up with you. Yes, sir. Hang in there, big dog. All right. NASA Chobie, tell me what happened, please. See, what had happened at first was... What happened was... What had happened was... On Hawk Talk... What had happened was, well, let me tell you something, man. That felt bad. It just is what it was, man. I mean, I'm not going to put a nice spin on it. I'm not going to lie about it. It just was not a good football game for the Seahawks from start to finish. It was was tough, and um, it was just really surprising. I think this is a really good football team. We know how good this football team is. We know in their preparation they did not take the Giants lightly. We knew they had a good defense. Um, We just didn't execute, and we just didn't have it. And – Special teams played well, but other than that, you know, defense played well for the most part, and the offense has really struggled getting things together. You look at how the game started. Opening drive started off great. You felt good. Carson, boom, five-yard run. Lockett, six-yard pass. Carson, 11-yard run. Lockett, 24-yard pass. Carson, 11-yard run. So they were moving the football. From that moment on, offensively, it did not go well. Downhill, three incomplete passes, set up for a field goal and bump. You look at this drive chart, man, and it was not happening offensively. You look at the drive chart after that, Nas. Punt, punt, fumble, punt, into half, punt, turnover on downs, punt, interception, touchdown. This is not a drive chart that we are used to seeing. But despite all of that, with a minute 48 left, they still had the ball, two timeouts, and only down five points. The, the crazy part was I didn't feel the magic. You know, usually in those situations, you feel the magic with Russell Wilson and that offense, but just something, it just didn't feel right. You know, and there, there are going to be days like that. We just didn't expect to have this day against an NFC East team. Uh, really shocked. I'm still in shock right now. Like, I woke up this morning, I'm like, 12 points. There's no way this team only put mm-hmm. up 12 points. They're the third leading scoring team in the NFL. I know the Giants' defense is legit. I believe they are number five against the run. They're 19 against the pass, 10, 10th overall, probably bumped up to like ninth or eighth after this game. So respect to the Giants, but I felt like it was more of what the Seahawks didn't do. Oh, no question about it. And you look at it in, in Russell Wilson, he struggled. I mean, he was 27 for 43, 263 yards, one touchdown, one interception, was sacked five times. And third downs have been an issue for this team all season. Um, they were 4 of 13, but it was the type of, it was how that 4 of 13 went. Of those 13 
third downs the Seahawks face. Most of them are third and long. You had a third and 10, a third and 18, a third and 16, a third and 19, a third and 15, which they got bailed out by a defensive hold, and a third and 10. You're not going to win games. I don't care what offense you have. I don't care if you're Patrick Mahomes. I don't care if you're Tom Brady. I don't care if you go back to Joe Montana. It doesn't matter. When you are facing third and 10-plus six times in a football game, you're not going to score. It's, just, it's not winning football, and it's, just, it's disappointing because you get behind the sticks. And then once you get into that type of game that they're in, it's hard to go back to a Chris Carson and run the football because you're down. So, I mean, honestly, like you said, I, it's – the Seahawks were a better football team. They just didn't, unfortunately, perform like it on Sunday. No, they didn't. And despite all that, they still racked up 327 yards. The defense did well against the Giants on third down. The Giants were 3 of 12 on third down and held the Giants scoreless in the first half but had massive breakdowns in the second half. They rushed for 190 yards. The Giants, um, 96 of those came on three carries. So there's some positive there. Defense is turning a corner. They're playing well. Offense, got to catch up. Let's go over to Playmakers. Touchdown, Seahawks! Playmakers. Show them what time it is! Holy catfish! All right, first Playmaker every week, consistent, talking about this dude. DK Metcalf, five receptions for 80 yards and a stiff arm for the ages. Goodness gracious. He makes Ooh. grown men look like little boys. <laughs> I would not want to be, if I'm a DB and I'm going up to tackle DK, I'm, I'm aiming at the shins. I'm not, I'm not hitting the upper half of his body at all. No way. No question about it. I think Stephen Cohen from The Athletic, he had a tweet the other day that made me laugh. He was like, CenturyLink Field is, or excuse me, Lumen Field is 98% turf, 2% James Bradbury. Because he was put into the turf. Holy smokes. I mean, that just, I'm not going to lie, that sent juice throughout the stadium. That was a massive stiff arm. He's in the weight room. You can see that was a weight room moment. Um, Not the craziest game. He didn't go for 10 for 177 like he did last week. But he was so effective. There was a ball he potentially could have caught for a bigger game. But DK is DK. Even when the offense isn't going good, he's still going to make his plays. Still going to do what he do. Chris Carson, another playmaker, 13 carries for 65 yards, three receptions for 45, one touchdown, 110 total yards. And this guy's not even completely healthy yet. He's still playing on a sore foot. And um, Chris Carson is the catalyst to this team. Yep. We're going to talk about Russ. We're going to talk about DK, Lockett, Bobby, all those guys. But if Chris Carson doesn't play well, this team really doesn't have a chance to make a run. So it's nice to see him contribute in the run game and the pass game. No question about it. It's really funny how we've gone full circle. Um, 2018, 2019, those are two playoff teams. But all we heard is, what the heck are the Seahawks doing? They run the ball too much. Why do they want to establish yeah. a run? Blah, 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 blah. Now everyone's saying, oh, well, Chris Carson's not getting the ball enough. And it's just funny to see how full circle we've gone. But, yeah, 13 carries. My kind of magic number for Chris Carson is 20. I want him yeah. to have the rock in his hands 20 times, whether that's 15 carries, five receptions. However, the balance needs to be, he needs to touch the ball at least 20 times, I think, for this football team to be successful and play the type of football they want to play. Jamal Adams was everywhere. 11 tackles, one sack, one tackle for loss. He continues to impress me. I feel bad for the dude. For the post game, like people are trying to make 
every bad thing that happens on the defense about Jamal Adams. It ain't about Jamal Adams. Does he make mistakes? Yes. Everyone on that defense makes mistakes. Everyone on the offense makes mistakes. But he continues to show up every week, and he's getting healthy. I like what I'm seeing out of him. No question about it. Jamal Adams is a baller. There's a reason why we gave up two first-round picks for him, and he has delivered. When he's been healthy, he has delivered. So I don't want to hear all this stuff. Just because you have a pro football focus account, just because you can watch NFL Game Pass does not mean you know what's going on. Okay, you're not in the defensive calls. You're not in defensive team meeting rooms. So Twitter, calm down. The dude's balling. (laughs) He's balling. Quandre Diggs, second week in a row. He has an interception Um, Add a pick, three tackles, two passes defended. The pick. I like it. You got a big ups Ryan Neal because he's Mm -hmm. the one who caused the the pick to happen. That ball security, though, man, you mentioned (laughs) that was like some seven on seven (laughs) stuff right there. You better tuck that ball, Quandre. (laughs) <laughs> My man Quandre loves seeing Diggs out there making plays. And the thing I like about him, too, is that, like, there's certain guys that get the ball in their hand on defense. They kind of forget that they used to play offense at some point in their life. <laughs> Quandre kind of had that swag. He was moving. He didn't fumble the ball. They might talk about the ball security, but I love to see Quandre balling out. He had a couple nice pass offenses as well. So 37 is playing really good football this year. That was his fourth interception, correct, on yes, the sir. season? So he, he's yep. balling out. So love to see 3-7 doing his thing. I like it. All right, let's go to the receiver roundup. Like mentioned, DK Metcalf had five catches for 80 yards. Tyler Lockett had six catches for 63, was targeted nine times. So we talked about his targets going down. He had the most targets this week. Carson had three for 45 and a touchdown. Uncle Will, four for 28, and he made a guy miss. Mm-hmm. If Uncle Will breaks your ankles, something ain't right. <laughs> that ain't Uncle Will's game, but I like to see it. Jacob Hollister had three for 20, DJ two for 11. Could have scored a touchdown on that block punt, mm. but maybe got, got a little excited. Got a little excited. Got away from him. Carlos Hyde had three for 10. Demo had one for six. Freddie, Freddie Swain was targeted once. Didn't come down with the rock. That's the receiver roundup. Let's go to the coach's corner. All right, that first play in coach's corner. One of the few plays that went really well offensively, Russell Wilson finds DK Metcalf for a 28-yard touchdown. From their own 28, Russ is going to scramble left side. Now he's going to throw to the end zone, reaching up, making the catch. Chris Carson, does he get in? He does. Touchdown, Seahawks. Chris Carson releases down the far sidelines. Russ rolls left, throws across his body, a beautiful pass. Carson hangs on, steps over the pylon, and the Seahawks draw to within six points, 17-11. The Hawks looking for the extra point here. They're in this empty formation. I mean, there's no running back. Chris Carson is lined up to the left side of the field as your number one receiver. He runs what looks like a slow go, slant and go, face a slant, snaps up, runs a go. What makes this work is DK's in the slot. And we all know the attention that DK is going to get. He's in the slot. He drifts towards the middle of the field. He holds the safeties to make this play possible. And then all the things that Russ didn't do. This is one of the best throws I've seen out of him this year. He's rolling to his left, throws it on the line, about 35 yards down the field. Carson makes a play, has the awareness to keep his feet in, reaches the ball over the goal line. There's a positive right here, Nas. No question about it. The thing what I love about this play is the corner just gets put into a bind right here, right? So, like, yep. it, you know, Chris Carson runs like a sluggo, but essentially what it turns into is two verts. Right. And when you when you're as a DB and you're playing a deep half or a quarter coverage, they tell you to vertical veer both of them. Right. So you want to split the difference and you're breaking on long arm action. 
But because of who's running at you, if number 14 is running down the numbers like he was, of course you're going to shade to him. So it puts the DB in a a huge bind, and he opens his hips, commits to DK, and then Russell comes back, throws it just enough over the corner underneath. Chris Carson makes a good hands catch and gets in the end zone. So like you mentioned, a lot of things did not go right offensively, but you love to see Russ getting out of the pocket making a play, holding that safety in that corner and uh, finding Chris Carson for a touchdown. Nassan Choby, victory formation did not appear this week. Instead, the clock ran out. A knee taken by Hundley. They're just going to let the clock wind down. Pete's not even going to bother taking that last time out. Oh, yes, the clock did run out on the Seattle Seahawks on Sunday against the New York Giants. And, and honestly... They just didn't have it. It was just one of those days. Like you always mention, hey, Mama said there are going to be days like this. Sunday is one of those days. Uh, offensively, it was the worst performance they've had all season, managing just 10 points. And um, it's just tough. Honestly, it's one of those days. Hopefully they can watch the film, tell the truth Monday, get back to what we know they can be. They're a good football team. They're a great offense with tons of pro bowlers, all pro caliber guys. They just didn't have it on Sunday. That's what keeps me optimistic. You got a Hall of Fame quarterback. You got Pro Bowl receivers. I'm going to throw Lockett in there as well. We'll see if he gets the Pro Bowl now. We know DK is. You have a running back who can get it done. You got to find some stability on that offensive line. I don't think it's a lack of talent on the line. It's just these guys got to play together. You can't just throw these guys on the field and have them trust one another. So I look at the personnel of this football team offensively and defensively, and I'm like, look, defense is playing better. We feel like the offense is going to get right. So – I'm going to remain optimistic. I think they can still do what they got to do. They still win these next few ball games. You have to be, you got to beat the Jets. You got to beat the Washington football team and you have to beat the Rams after that, take care of the Niners. So they can still do what they got to do. They have to do, but they got to look deep inside mm-hmm. and say, what can I do? What can I do to make this football team go? That's what tell the truth Monday is all about. No question about it. And like you said, that's why we have confidence because we know there's good football players. It's a good football team. We have a good coaching staff. But with that being said, they need to win out. They need yep. to win the rest of their games, and I think they can. I think they can beat the Jets. I think they can beat the Washington football team. I think they can beat the Rams at home in a rematch, and I think they can beat the 49ers. So everything they want to do this season is still ahead of them. Just a little bump in the road. Uh, reminder, guys, that Kyra Radio is your home for the Seattle Seahawks and your source for all local news. Listen, every Listen to every Seahawks game live on the 97.3 FM app and catch up on the news weekday every day. Bump. Seahawks, they fell. They're 8-4. and four. Everything they want to do is still in front of them. Let's win out. Went out, went out. It wasn't the result we were looking for. The Hawks lose to the Giants 17-12. An offensive performance I don't think we're ever going to see again, at least not this year. Now with Russell Wilson running the show, you guys hang in there. We will do the same. That's Hawk Talk. Talk to you guys soon.